Welcome to the Retirement Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Greg Gonzalez. My goal for the podcast is to help you live a better life in retirement by giving you the tools and information you need in a language that you can understand. This episode is episode number 114, and this episode is for the people that ask me this question. It's a very straight-to-the-point question. Somebody says, how should I invest my money once I'm retired? Just tell me, specifically as you can, tell me which investments to pick for my portfolio once I retire. For somebody like me, there has to be a cookie-cutter portfolio that you can recommend for everybody in my situation. And I think what they're wanting is like a quick recipe for success. And it seems to me just maybe recently, I've had a lot of people that just want to focus on the investments as if the investments are the only decision that you have to make when it comes to retirement planning and ultimately having a successful outcome in retirement. So this episode, I'm going to do something even better. I'm going to explain the ins and outs of how we construct a portfolio that's appropriate for somebody and how their money is invested in retirement. What are the factors that dictate how we invest your money in retirement for a successful outcome? And this whole conversation really stemmed from these listener questions that I've been getting. I've been having some retirement coaching calls with people. Again, I offer that on our website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. This 30-minute retirement coaching call is kind of a one-on-one -on -one session where I can hopefully help answer a lot of the pressing questions you have about your own retirement. So visit my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. You can submit your questions at the bottom. You can sign up for a 30-minute coaching call right there in the middle of the website, and then check out our free resources, My Three Steps to a Retirement Planning Process. Step number one is figuring out what we want, our blueprint to a dream retirement. Step number two is our retirement budgeting tool, figuring out what that dream retirement is going to cost us every month. And then step number three is our game plan, is our what we call a retirement action plan. So check out everything on the website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. And please, please, please continue to submit your questions. It really helps me with a lot of our content for this podcast. All right, let's jump into today's segment where we talk about how you should be investing your retirement nest egg once you're retired. So this question I get over and over and over again, which is a great question. And some people are very straightforward about this. They just want to make it one question and forget everything else, and then they can run away and implement like this recipe. Give me the mutual fund or the investment strategy that I need that I can go implement on my own, and I can have a dream retirement. And unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. So typically in 401ks, what I am seeing more and more and more is that people will be invested in a retirement date fund. And what this date is, is the year that's closest to your 65th birthday. So Social Security tells us the most common age to retire in this country, in the United States, is age 62. It has been for several years. So somebody retiring in 2022 would have a retirement date of 
age 65, which would be 2025. So their 401k, kind of as the default investment option, is a 2025 target date fund. And for every year you get older, the fund moves more conservative. So it would move more towards bonds. So if we looked at a like the T. Rowe Price 2025 target date fund, you would find that 46% of the fund is invested in stocks, both U.S., domestic, and foreign stocks. And the rest is in bonds or cash. Now, I've talked about this on previous episodes of the podcast. I really don't like retirement date funds because what this tells us is everybody that's in the 2025 target date fund is invested the exact same. And it doesn't take into account risk tolerance, how much appetite we have for risk. It doesn't take into account what returns that we would need in retirement to have a successful outcome. But what it says is, is if you're 62 and your neighbor's 62 and everybody else that's 62, they get invested exactly the same. And I think there's a better way. Instead of a cookie cutter approach to investing, I think we would all be much better off if we had a more personalized approach. So I'm going to be as specific as possible in explaining what I'm looking for or what I'm looking at to determine how we invest somebody's money for retirement. So one question that we always think of, okay, in our retirement years, we were saving maybe in a 401k, Roth IRA, that kind of thing. Upon retirement, now we're not saving anymore. We're not saving into our retirement nest egg, right? So my first question is, if you're going to be retired, how much income are you going to need every month from this retirement nest egg? Let's say you need $2,000 a month on top of your social security benefit to maintain a comfortable lifestyle in retirement. So how we invest your money, whether you need income every month, you need to draw income out of your retirement nest egg or not, there's some people that can just live on their pension and social security and they can live just fine in retirement and they're more focused on long-term growth of their money because they don't need any current income from their retirement accounts. Some people, they don't need a monthly income, but they want to take big lump sum chunks out here and there, either for traveling or for the purchase of a new vehicle, those kinds of things. So any withdrawals that they take are much more irregular in nature. And the next thing we look at is we look at somebody's retirement action plan, which tells us, absolutely tells us what rate of return, what average annual rate of return somebody needs from their portfolio, from all of their investments, 401ks, Roth IRAs, their entire retirement nest egg, what is the average rate of return somebody needs during retirement for it to be a success? Is it a 5% rate of return? Is it six and a half? Is it 4% per year? So whatever rate of return that we need that the retirement action plan tells us, that's like if you were driving from New York to LA, it tells you how fast to drive. Let's say hypothetically you need a 5% rate of return, average annualized rate of return. Well, if you invest your money in CDs, certificates of deposit, and those are averaging 1% to 2%, that's like getting on a bicycle and driving from New York to LA. A bicycle is not going to cut it. You would be much better off in a vehicle where you could get a, an average speed of 60 miles an hour for your journey. 
It's the same with investments. If we know we need an average annual return of 5% for this retirement journey to be successful, well, then we need to come up with a portfolio that has averaged at least a 5% rate of return, average annual rate of return. And if it averaged 55 or 6%, well, that would be even better. And the next thing that we want to look at is we want to make sure that this portfolio matches our risk appetite. Some people can handle a lot of risk and volatility watching their retirement account balance go up and down. And other people say, no, I want a portfolio that doesn't take as much risk because I, my stomach can handle the ups and downs. So there's a lot of ways that we can measure our risk appetite. There's a risk questionnaires. They're not perfect. No one ever said they're perfect, but they're a good or at least decent measure of how much risk this portfolio that we're utilizing is going to take. Because if you set yourself up in a portfolio that takes way too much risk, well, you're going to abandon ship the first bear market you run into. And you're not going to be happy with the overall outcome because the goal is to build a bulletproof or as bulletproof as we can portfolio that we can stick with and just make adjustments over time. And a lot of these risk questionnaires, imagine the person with a million dollars saved in their retirement nest egg. It's a round number. Maybe you say, oh, I don't have a million dollars. It's a round number for my example. So let's say, let's ask somebody, and I often do this, I'll ask whatever amount of money they have saved in their retirement nest egg. Imagine your portfolio took a drop during a single year of 20%, and now our million-dollar portfolio is worth $800,000. How do you react at that point? I've had people say, well, if I was still working, I would add more because the market's on sale. I've had other people that said, if I'm retired, well, I would kind of wait it out. I know I take a long-term approach. I'm a long-term investor, and I know at some point the market's going to recover, and it's just a loss on paper. I know I haven't lost because I haven't sold. I've asked that same question to other people, and they have said, you know, I really wouldn't feel comfortable with a 20% loss with my portfolio dipping 20% in a single year. And I might panic. I might cash everything in thinking that it's going to keep going further and further down. And these same people say that they can't handle or accept that amount of risk. So we have to really determine with somebody what is an acceptable level of risk? How much risk and volatility can your stomach really handle? And everybody's different. Everybody is different. There's many studies that show that as we get older, we make decisions more emotionally. And from what I've seen in my career as a financial planner, as people get older and they get deeper and deeper into retirement, they want to cut back on the risk that they're taking. Maybe it's because they lose an appetite for risk. Maybe they're watching more television and watching the news more. And the fear tactics that the news uses really, really puts them in a funk. I cannot put my finger on it. But what this does tell me is that adjustments will need to be made over time. Oftentimes, people need more income later on in retirement, or they want to take much less risk. But for me, the most important thing is figuring out the answers to the test before you take the test. And that's point number two. 
is we want to go into retirement knowing, okay, what is it going to take for this to be successful? In other words, are we going to need a 4% average annualized return or do we need a 6% average annualized return or maybe somewhere in the middle? For example, if we know we need a 4% average annual return and we invest your money in something that's way, way too conservative and we get a 2% average annualized return, what are the long-term effects of that decision? We're getting half of the return at 2% that we need, which is 4%. Well, that means that you run the risk. There's a higher probability of running out of money in retirement. And what do I mean by that? Well, you would run the risk of spending through your retirement accounts. And then at that point, you would just be living on maybe your pension and social security because you needed your retirement accounts, your retirement nest egg to be working and giving you a 4% average annual return. And it was only earning you a 2% rate of return. So really, one of the most important steps that you can have to all podcast listeners is you have to figure out what it's going to take to make your retirement successful. What rate of return do you need at a minimum for this to be a successful outcome? The lower, the better. If we do a retirement action plan for somebody and it says, hey, they need only a 2% or a 1% average annual return, what that tells us is they have oversaved for retirement or overfunded their retirement nest egg. Now, we don't really see that a whole lot. Typically, it's somebody needs somewhere between a 3 to a 6%. If they get any higher than 6% and they need 7, 8, 9, 10% average annual rate of return, for those people, we tell them, hey, it may make more sense to either work part-time in retirement or save more for retirement in the next couple of years and just delay your retirement a little bit. So kind of to summarize today's discussion, the top three factors that determine how I recommend that someone invest their retirement accounts, their investments in retirement, are the following. Number one, do they need an income from their retirement accounts to supplement their social security or pension income? That's the first thing. Number two is when we're doing a retirement action plan for somebody what is the minimum rate of return that they need for their retirement to be successful? Of the three factors, this is the most crucial. And it's really eye-opening for people because I can show them, hey, this is what it looks like if you average a 3% rate of return for the next 30 years in retirement. It doesn't look pretty. But this is the minimum average rate of return that you need for this to be successful. Let's say it's 4.5%. This is the most eye-opening experience that people have because they look at that 4.5% and then they look at the 3% and they say, okay, I know at least at a minimum I need 4.5% to make this work. So that 4.5% average annual rate of return is really the tipping point. And for you, it may be three and a half. And for somebody else, it may be 5%. But knowing that minimum required rate of return that you need is really the tipping point because anything over that amount is gravy, right? It's icing on the cake. So that's factor number two. And then number three is your risk appetite. And by risk appetite, I mean the amount of risk that you're comfortable taking. Because there's a lot of people that just can't handle the big ups and the big downs, the big swings in the value 
of their retirement nest egg. They can't handle the volatility. It either bothers them, that keeps them up at night, or it just adds stress that they don't need. So figuring out your risk comfort zone is absolutely imperative when we're designing an appropriate investment mix for somebody. So when my clients ask me, why are you investing my money differently than my neighbors? Maybe it's my brother or my sister or my cousin, even though we're both retired and we're pretty close age-wise. My answer is always, well, there's three things. Either they need more income or less income than you do from their portfolio. Maybe their required rate of return for a successful retirement is either higher or lower than yours. Or number three, their risk appetite, maybe they're more risk averse than you are, but it's pretty safe to say that their risk appetite is likely higher or lower than yours. And that dictates how we design their investment mix. So if we're going to go off of the retirement date fund that's 2025 and everybody today that's 62 is going to get a retirement date fund of 2025, the 2025 retirement date fund, every 62-year-old should be invested the same. I just don't think it's in people's best interest. It's the cookie cutter approach. And like my landscaper said, I used to do my own landscaping and I put the rocks here and do it there. And without hurting my feelings, he would say, it's nice, Greg, but we can do better. We can do a lot better. So if your 401k is invested in the target date or retirement date fund, that might be okay, but you can probably do much better. I hope this episode of the Retirement Made Easy podcast has been helpful. If you have questions, go to my website, retirementmadeeasypodcast.com. If you're interested in a 30-minute retirement coaching call. You can't miss it right there. There's a button in the center of the website. You can sign up for your own 30-minute retirement coaching call. I'll see you next time. And remember, always dream big. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, tax advisor, or financial advisor prior to investing. This is a hypothetical example and is not representative of any specific investment. Your results may vary. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices mentioned are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. The SmartVestor program is a directory of investment professionals. Neither Dave Ramsey nor SmartVestor are affiliates of St. Louis Retirement Advisors or LPL Financial. There is no guarantee that a diversified portfolio will enhance overall returns or outperform a non-diversified portfolio. Diversification does not protect against market risk. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, Memra FINRA, SIPC.